You're listening to the Paid Podcast. The door's open, so come on in. I am your host, Chris Freebus, a.k.a. Shut Your Trap. With me today is Bonzo. Guten Tag. Bonzo, where's Jared? Uh, some work duties, I think, so he had to leave early. <laughs> really early. Really, like like before we started early. He, he, uh, <laughs> he basically showed up long enough to tell me how to actually do a recording and then left. Um, so this is, this is new territory for us. Uh, me, the person that is least tech savvy in terms of doing recordings, and Bonzo on the far side of the world in Germany at uh, God knows what hour. Uh, it's not that late, actually. It's like 11 p.m., so I'm almost 100% awake still. <laughs> and it's 2 in the afternoon for me, so... <laughs> ah, the joys of the internet and the pains of it, too. <laughs> <laughs> So uh I think we're going to we're going to just uh, roll straight into our our good time fun that we usually have with the uh, podcast. Uh just a heads up we will be talking a little bit later. Yes, it's part 2 of our interview with Bobby and for those of you that uh cannot understand Bonzo's German accent, quit being such a xenophobe. He sounds perfectly clear to me. <laughs> I will do my best. <laughs> Come on, if, if 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 they can understand any Indiana Jones movie, they can uh, understand this, right? <laughs> At least that's what we're going to play with. Um, so let's let's talk about uh, uh, tournament of the month, shall we? We finished our very first inaugural season last month in July, and we, uh, as usual, are going to talk about the tournament results. So, for the July tournament, our top 10 finishers were number 10, Dave950LAM, number 9, Switch3Flip, number 8, Eldar of Suburbia, number 7, Shut Your Trap, and I should say that uh, 7 through 10, we were all tied with 32 points. So, <laughs> I guess we were all tied for 7th. Shouldn't be 10th. But that's how it, uh, due to previous tournaments and placements, it does kind of give us a uh, 7, 8, 9, 10. But anyway, enough about that. Number six, Kerbalo, 55012. Number five, Captain Bazaar. Number four, Johnny3w6. In third place was Super Dan. In second place, Pinball Wiz 45B. And coming out in first place for the July tournament was Gus. Now, on top of that, we have our season results. So these are, uh, after playing for six months in this inaugural season, this is how it all shook down with the uh, total point totals. Uh, in 10th place was Ksenia with 182 points. Ninth place was Super Dan with 184 points. Eighth place, Jared Morgs, 185 points, though maybe we'll dock him for not being here today. Uh, <laughs> um, seventh place, Switch 3 Flip with 187 points. Number six, Eldar of Suburbia with 194 points. And now your top five. That'd be myself, Shut Your Trap, with 195 points. Woo. I know, check me out, right? Uh, number four, In Vitro, with 198 points. Number three, yes, your top three. Pinball is 45B with 204 points. Beating him out by one point. Captain Bizarre, 205 points. Oh, that's got to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and coming in at number one, skunking everybody with 222 points is Gus. So congratulations to Gus. He, uh, as some of you that uh, visit the forums may have seen, uh, I would create a little avatar in gold, silver, and bronze that they could slap on for their uh, avatar picture and you know brag that they won that month. Uh, Gus is the proud owner of the only diamond-encrusted Ooh. avatar. I know, it's pretty spiff. I like it. Um, so he, he, he will be the, in sole possession of that for the next six months. 
which is pretty dang awesome, if I do say so myself. So congratulations to Gus. Um, we have a whole bunch of prize winners for uh, we were giving away copies of Adam's Family Pro on Xbox, on PS4, ball packs on PS4 for Adam's Family. Uh, we also had the Steam key that you gave, Bonzo. Yeah, and that's uh, still for grabs. I think we have to find someone new because the original winner wasn't really interested. So either oh, there's either there's two keys for the next tournament of the month, or we sh maybe we should uh, we should hand out the key to someone else who took part in the last one. Yeah, I think that's what we'll just uh, we'll just keep it going. Uh, one per tournament. Uh, we also gave out the uh, custom shooter rod of Randy Macho Man Savage. Uh, Eldar of Suburbia actually won that. And he was quite pleased. Congratulations. Uh, uh, yeah. So continuing in the prize-giving mode, Farsight has been uber generous with us. I uh, asked Mike Lindsay, the community manager, if uh, they had any more codes that they could maybe throw our way. And I said maybe less Xbox One and PS4 because we didn't have that many players. <laughs> I think I think every single one of our players that plays on PS4 or Xbox One wound up winning something because <laughs> I was trying to spread it around, you know, and not give multiples. Yeah, I think they all won it. So anyway, they uh, Mike threw my way uh, just oodles of copies for PS3, for uh, Xbox 360 of Adam's Family, and then he gave me some new codes, uh, I believe, for PS4. It's um, Scared Stiff, I think. Oh, I think, I think it's, I think it's, I could be wrong. No, no, excuse me, not Scared Stiff. It's Party Zone. That's what I'm thinking of. Party Zone. I was like, why am I, I wanted to say Elvira and the Party Monsters because I had Party in my head, but I was like, no, they're not giving that one away. Yeah, so it's Party Zone on PS4. And then um, uh, he wrote down TNG, and I got to believe that's in the next generation. So I'm assuming that it's, uh, Star Trek for Xbox One. Anyway, so what we're going to be doing is I'm going to just give them away by platform in group. So for this next tournament that's coming up, oh my gosh, this week on uh, Saturday the 29th of August, I'm going to be giving away six copies of The Adams Family to PS3 users. Yeah, six copies. So join the tournament and you have stand a good chance of winning. Um, plus, we will be giving away the Steam key. And then, not this tournament, but the following tournament, uh, our good friend Mike, who obviously heard the advertisement at the front of this uh, podcast, uh, Mike over at Wizard Amusement, he uh, wants to give away even more custom shooter rods. I was like, Great. awesome, I know. So that's why we actually went and made you know real advertisements. <laughs> which you'll have to suffer through again later, but sorry, but uh, you know, that's the deal with having a sponsor. Um, so anyway, he's going to, we're going to give away even more. I think we're going to give away three uh, shooter rods throughout uh, the course of this next uh, season with the table of, or tournament of the month. That's and really awesome. I think this time you're actually going to maybe get to pick whichever one you want off his website, which is totally cool. So, Things to look forward with the tournament. If uh, anybody out there wants to do what Bonzo was doing, which is giving away Steam keys, if you have any kind of game codes that you'd like to give away yourself, please contact us. We'd be more than happy to give it away. The email address is blah blah blockade at gmail.com. Or you can contact uh, myself, Shut Your Trap, uh, via private message on the forum. That brings us to also with uh, with season two starting, we have new rules, Bonzo. Oh, well, kind of rules. I don't know if you, you know, more like uh, point differences. So last time, uh, if you took first place in your grouping, you won ten points. Second place won eight points, and then six, and then four points for last place within uh -huh. your grouping of four. The problem with that was we were getting a whole mess of tie. Uh, tie scores at the end of the tournament with you know the four tables. So to help spread that out a little bit, we are now going to give first place 13 points. Second place will get nine points, followed by third place getting six, and fourth place getting four. So that should hopefully spread things out a little bit and make there not be so many ties. Also, don't forget, in this very first tournament, there is no seeding. There is no top 10. So 
we'll see how the randomizer uh, works on that. I'll, I'll laugh if it's, you know, if we get like our top four people all lumped into one <laughs> one group and they're going to be screaming bloody murder. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the joy of it, right? And and those who lose there can work their way up the next five months. So exactly, and that's the, that's the other point. Casania uh, was making with having it be a thirteen play, uh, thirteen point first place. It'll make catching up even that much quicker if you can secure the first place. And then think about this: if you happen to beat the top ten player, you get an extra point. So then it's fourteen points. So. Yeah, you could ratchet up really quickly if that if need be, or you can be like Gus and probably just dominate everybody again. <laughs> On the other hand, I, I was lucky the first two tournaments last time, and then I was handed down every month. So uh, this frustration might come quicker too this time. Yeah, that that does take place. You know, I had my uh, pinball league the uh, few weeks back. And it was at the super awesome house that's down at Newport Coast with the uh, the guy that has his own custom arcade and the home theater to die for and the pizza all the prototypes oven. and yes of all the prototypes oh yeah that's, that's whose house we had it at um, I, I tell you this time I went and I sat in the theater for a little while and what they had rolling was a demo reel of various action sequences. And the <laughs> it was crazy. So he's got like a twenty-one foot screen, wide screen. I mean, it's huge. It's it's uh, it's just immense, and it's about a twenty feet a twenty seat theater. And all the seats are uh, are you familiar with D box? No. Okay, D box is motion seating. Oh my. Yeah. So it's that four D experience, right? And some theaters across the country, in our country at least. Uh, have this installed. I've never been to an actual movie theater that does, does have them. But, uh, yeah, so somebody goes through the movie and codes your seat movements. So if you're riding on a motorcycle, right, the seat's going to bounce a little bit. And if you start going uphill, the seat's going to tilt back a little bit. And if you go downhill, the seat's going to tilt forward a little bit. So I go in here, and they've got this demo reel running of all these. It's, it was probably, I think somebody said it was like half an hour demo reel, if, if not even longer, of all these action sequences from various movies. And the first one that I sat in on was from the Italian job, and they were doing the initial break-in uh, in Venice. Mm -hmm. And we get on the boat, and the seat's doing this slow undulating, like you feel like you're on the boat. I mean, it was crazy experience. And, and just, just clip after clip that they were doing, it was just incredible. And the sound system was rocking, and I was just like, if I had this in my house and the arcade... I don't think my wife or even kid would ever see me. It's be like, I'm home. I'll be in the theater. I'm home. I'll be in the arcade. It was just... <laughs> so anyway, my, my point to bringing this up was the uh, tournament. I bombed so hard. And the thing that ticked me off was the tables that I bombed on. So like I played monster mash and I, I think I scored Did I even score 20 million? I don't even know if I scored 20 million. I mean, it was ridiculous how low my score was. I'm like, this is not fair. I know this table inside and out. I know exactly what to do. And I was just getting horrible, horrible drains, ticking me off to no end. And then another, uh, there was uh, one other table that did that. On, oh, uh, Attack from Mars. Oh. I, I, I scored, I swear, I scored like 6 million points. And that was it. I don't six even know. 6 million. I don't even know how you only score six million. <laughs> no, I had to have scored more than that. I had to score. I, yeah, it's probably six hundred million. But uh, even still, I don't think I destroyed a single saucer. That's harsh. <laughs> oh, way harsh. It was way harsh. Then flip over to uh, Big Bang Bar, and I rocked it—a table that I know nothing about. I mean, <laughs> I've, I've played it before, but I really don't know any of the points totals. I scored like 35 million and the nearest person to me was at 10 million. So, I mean, I just skunked everybody on that one. Um, we also played this table called Radical, which is a skateboarding-themed table. A gazillion of transparent loops, if I'm right. Yes. Yeah, it's a really kind of crazy layout, and it takes a while for you to get used to where the ball's going to come out and do. Mm -hmm. Well, when I'd done practice sessions on it, I was just killing it. I was doing awesome. And then I get to the tournament, And my first two balls are just complete whiffs. I mean, just like scoring nothing. So my point being, 
hey, sometimes the tournament goes for you. Sometimes the tournament doesn't. You never know. It's just, uh, just the pinball gods. The pinball gods. Candy. 2000 security system online. I will say that uh, he's got a Whitewood safecracker. And since we just had gotten safecracker in TPA and I had now finally learned the rules. And of course, Jared talked about it last time saying how he felt that the pinball arcade version was still way too easy, that the scores were way too high. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, okay, I'm going to really put it to the test and see, see how this feels. I did really, really good. I think TPA nailed it. <laughs> it's amazing what happens when you actually know how to score. I do concede what Jared was saying. There is the very target, and it's really stiff in real life. It does not want to bash back. I, I actually had the ball get caught between it and the little bumper without mm-hmm. moving it all the way back. So, yes, this, the, the very target could be a little stiffer, but I don't know. Maybe that's... That's one of those things where that was the one table I played. It was stiff. Maybe the one that Farsight has, it's a lot looser. I don't, you know, couldn't couldn't quite tell you what the story was on that. But I did score. Uh, I mean, I got up to the vault a couple of times, and I was, I don't know, I think I had at least 3 million, maybe 6 million points. I don't know. I I felt like I did pretty good. And then I did a attack the vault mode and scored almost equally as well in that. So... Like I said, I think I just kind of want to put it out there that uh, good job, Farsight. You guys, uh, I think, nailed it pretty, pretty rocking. <laughs> Do you think we've teased him long enough, Bonzo? Should should we just go into the interview or something? Well, we could maybe talk about some fluffy kittens for a few more minutes or something. Ooh, fluffy kittens! Yeah, we could. It's what the internet is all about, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> That was triple uh, X stuff. I, I mixed that up. It's one of the two, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not going to go there. It was kind of tasteless, but I was going to say I need to mix them. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> then they might try shaving the kittens. Whoa, okay. So <laughs> There goes our rating. <laughs> there goes our rating. Hey, uh, why don't we just go ahead and uh, roll the music, and then we'll get into it. <laughs> Forum Questions with Bobby, Part 2. Okay, so last time we did Part 1 of the interview with Bobby. I think you all know what to expect. Let's roll right into Part 2. Bobby, currently in TPA, there are various important shots on various tables that are simply impossible to do despite being possible on a real table. If you're aware of these, do you plan to make them possible, or is it particularly hard to fix? Why do these exist anyway, and is there something the new flipper physics could correct? Well, since this is in my area of responsibility in terms of gameplay and pinball arcade, I try to explain why this happens and uh, improve and fix these issues you've listed. Great. Uh, A cradle shot can become impossible if the table is playing too fast, For example, too steep in terms of the ball rolling down the flipper from a cradle. Uh, If the table is set up fast, and sometimes we choose to speed it up a bit late in development, then the ball will roll down the flipper faster. Let's say 41 frames after the player releases a trap ball, the angle from a flip is too early. And 42 frames after the player releases a trap ball, the angle is too late. I try to tune it so every shot a player would want to make is makeable from a cradle, but sometimes a last-second tweak throws off a shot or two. In real life, timing is obviously not subjected to 60 frames per second intervals, so every shot is possible. To make matters worse, when the game isn't running at 60 FPS, a shot that is possible becomes impossible because 30 frames per second, which is true of some mobile devices, only gives the player half of the timing opportunities. Keep in mind that angles from these shots are affected based on the ball's speed and our engine calculates angles to a ten-thousandth of a degree. When a ball is rolling down the flipper, you get a whole new set of angles if the ball is moving a little faster or slower. This opens up an almost infinite number of angles. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's quite a lot of detailed information in here. Why don't we go ahead and go through the partial list of affected tables that uh, I knew 
at the time of sending these questions. Well, let's start with Theater of Magic, the right orbit shot from the left flipper while trapped. Fixed. I've gotten better at creating a wide range of timing over the past three plus years. Uh, the right ramp will now be a little bit harder, but now you can hit everything. I also sped up the table across the board, so there are quite a few tuning changes to balance things out. Overall, this adds up to pretty huge improvement, in my opinion, that was a long time coming. Okay, let's move on to Attack from Mars, uh, shooting the right ramp from the left flipper trap. Ha! Fixed, too. Uh, it looked to me to be possible, given the tuning values, just really difficult. It's easier now, as are the MAR and AN targets. Very good. Uh, High Roller Casino, two of them. The right orbit from a left flipper trap, and slot machine lane when the ramp is all the way down from right flipper trap. And that's kind of a maybe we think that that was impossible or not. Well, the right orbit was makeable from a cradle right flipper backhand, but yeah, now you can also make it pretty consistently once you get the timing down from the left flipper. The, sl the slot machine was makeable, now it's a little easier. Fixed. Very good. Uh, firepower, the bottom power stand-up from a left flipper trap. Yep, that one looked to be impossible from a cradle. Fixed. Yes. <laughs> no more having to uh, figure out funky ways of hitting that. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, on taxi, the bottom pinbot drop target from left flipper trap. Uh, the angles of the left flipper tip from a cradle are now better, and we added the tech to hit more than one target at a time. We didn't have the multiple target hitting feature implemented when Taxi was developed way back when. So, fixed. Very good. Uh, junkyard, the DOG ramp from a running left flipper shot. Uh, lots of shots to hit. Uh, this was caused by making the cradle shots easier than they needed to be. Fixed. Oh, I love all these fixes. Uh, Dr. Dude, Gift of Gab from a running left flipper shot. Well, this shot was possible, but really hard. I've improved the left flipper shots, including the drop targets. Fixed. Funhouse, trapdoor uh, without relying on the T-target rebound angle. Well, I'm pretty sure it was possible without hitting the T before, but the upper flipper was using old flipper tech that had some big problems for upper flippers. I switched to the new tech and retuned it. It's more accurate now, um, but I didn't make hitting Rudy as easy as before. I also amped up the bottom flippers. They were pretty weak. Yeah, Rudy definitely should not be easy to hit, as anybody that's played Funhouse in real life knows. <laughs> so, uh, moving on to Star Trek The Next Generation, the lock lane from running feed from the left popper. When in hindsight, there was too much help to make cradle shots easier on uh, Next Generation. we got to give the King of Flow the chance to do his thing. I changed the left flipper quite a bit and opened up the running shots more. With the new tuning, you can even hit the lock from a running shot off of the right slingshot now. Fixed. Yes. And uh, for anybody that's wondering, uh, this is a side note from the, uh, the time this interview was done to what is up now. Uh, Bobby has indeed actually gone back and done many, many fixes for those of us that are playing on the PC on Steam, and if you get the newsletter, I know some people, the newsletter is a bear of a thing to uh, get emailed to you. Um, I know it's taken me sometimes a very long time to get the get it up, but uh, according to the newsletter, the Flipper 3.0 physics are now across the board on every single table on Steam. Hooray! Uh, yeah, the tuning improvements have been done to Black Hole, Star Trek, Funhouse, Doctor Dude, Junkyard, Taxi, Firepower, High Roller Casino, Attack from Mars, Theater of Magic. I tried out both Theater of Magic and Black Hole this morning, and Theater of Magic, sure enough, I was able to hit that right orbit. Boom. It felt natural, and, and it happened. Black Hole, it, wow, totally better, because now... For me, the flipper angles were way off, and mm -hmm. actually trying to aim for any of the, the drop targets you know, that said black hole it was just a pure random guess as to where it was going to go, and now I was actually able to aim for them correctly and hit them, so huge improvements on those. I think everybody that's playing on Steam on their PC is going to love, love, love the retuning. Uh, I, um, always, I always thought it was just me being really bad at black hole and, and the... the 
huge distances to the targets that well, I that did too be. until I played a real one. <laughs> and then I played a real one and I went, "Hey, wait a second. <laughs> so have yeah, to, have to give that a shot after the recording. I think I think you shall. Okay, back to the interview. Just want to throw that in because this this was obviously sent. Um, about two months ago, to, to Bobby. So by the time the answers have come, things have kind of uh, shifted as they want to do. So uh, da, 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 here we go. With regards to the current engine and the tuning that goes on, how much is tweaking or forcing a trajectory on balls hitting stuff like rubber posts? And how much is handled purely by the engine? What do you feel the strong points and shortcomings of the engine are? And is a new engine build on the horizon or even necessary? Well, the engine handles all angles and tra trajectories on the playfield. For the flippers, as you know, we have the ability to tweak the angles. We start with a basic copy and paste from a vanilla set of angles. Then we play it, and I take input and suggestions regarding which shots are too hard, too easy, and most importantly, impossible. There are usually three passes to fine-tune the physics. It very rarely has just worked without some tweaks. I think we should get... Ah, Regarding uh, the engine in general, I think we should get spin working properly before calling it good. Plus, uh, plus, the ball can still go through collisions at high speeds, even with our current stepping between frames. It's far from perfect. Can the current engine handle something like the pinball circus or bonsai run? I don't see why not. And hopefully we'll get to find out. Ooh, spoiler alert! <laughs> trying to to um, mind mind record the smiley that's here in the uh, <laughs> yes. There's there's there is an emoji here, of a smiley face. Yeah, Bobby smiling here. <laughs> um, tables from season one and two often feel very different from the excellent feel of seasons three and four. Compare uh, Adam's Family to Theater of Magic or Black Hole, and it's shocking. Are there plans to retune these tables? Maybe when they get the new flippers, having recently played two different black hole machines recently, I can say without a doubt, there's something off the flipper aim and TPA version. The angles used are way off from real life. See, that that was two months ago question, and now we know things. So <laughs> anyway, this question is redundant, ago, but let's go through it anyway. Yeah, two months ago, Bobby answered, I've just retuned black hole to feel more like the newer seasons tables. Uh, the new flipper tag should be in all of the tables for the next release on PC and mobile, but completely retuning all of those tables would take some serious time and require a lot of testing. We're going to try to get to the ones with the worst issues and go from there. Similarly, the resolution and textures of those first two seasons are woeful in comparison to the last two. Unfortunately, some of the most popular tables are in those seasons. Even looking at the inserts and lighting when compared to the newer tables, those first seasons look dull and not as vibrant. Some are downright ugly, like the plastics on Creature being a blurry mess. Is there a plan in place to use better res resolution and textures or rework some of the baked-in looks that then don't quite work as well when the dynamic lighting is in place? Um, Mike Reitmeyer has said he is doing all he can on the programming side, but most of this falls on art department. Is So uh, is there a push? I think you're being a little hard on the art during the first two seasons. No. <laughs> Debatable. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we're short-staffed at the moment and have to prioritize improvements to previous releases accordingly. But we're looking to hire another artist, so improving old tables would be a great way to get a new person up to speed on the texture artwork. Wouldn't it, though? That would be a fantastic way to, to plop somebody in here. You know, these are already made, you already have a comparison, just make it look better. Here, here. Here, here. Um, has there ever been any... And I really don't think we're being that hard on well i don't know i'll leave it at that i want to be nice i want to be nice compare them yourself and think what you want to think about it like i said just look at creature up close with the uh <laughs> the slingshot <laughs> plastics and um yeah <laughs> has there ever been any thought given to outsourcing bug fixes art issues graphical tweaks to the community in other words allow unofficially mods to happen that later become permanent Obviously, many games have benefited from this. Where does Farsight stand? For instance, there's an individual who came up with his own camera angle mod that has been greatly praised by cabinet owners who have been without any other option for a long time. We're not close to the idea, uh, but the manufacturers don't like it, and we're nervous about this sort of access getting abused. I can understand the abuse part. 
maybe and create a mod with with five police flippers fighting against five terrorist flippers and I know <laughs> you know i think and this is again off off script from what we're uh we're doing but i think in the terms of the uh the cabinet lighting mod that was done since it didn't affect the gameplay itself it was kind the, of the cam, the cam mod yes yeah um, because it was done outside of it and it doesn't affect the look of the table uh, per se. I mean, like it's not changing art and it's not uh, breaking the game, you know, jailbreaking the game. I think that's one of those gray areas that it can get away with mm -hmm. as opposed to if somebody's cracking directly into the game and trying to rewrite things. That's what's going to make the, manu you know, the, the various manufacturers nervous because yeah. um, they don't want their things t tweaked with on that. Uh, Tempered with, yeah. Right. Okay. Back to the uh, back to the interview. Is there any hope of reopening the possibility of having prototype elements of certain tables added back to the games? Gee, I wonder why that question popped up into my head because I was just at that guy's house. Um, seems a shame that things that were. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit of story about that later too. Um, seems a shame that things that were cut for cost saving purposes or because of potential maintenance issues can't be put into the game to restore these to that which was intended. Everything from the uh, bad guy stickers on Cactus Canyon to the moving earthquake center on Earthshaker. Or how fantastic would it be to have the option of playing firepower with the intended encoded drop targets? Clearly, you've shown to the licensors that you can be trusted by now, yeah? I know, uh, da, 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 yeah, I can't read that part. <laughs> Spoiler! Um, so I'm not going to say that one. Uh, anyway, go ahead. Answer, please. What? I agree that some of these features would be cool. Uh, the manufacturers do trust us, but they want the tables recreated as they shipped. Plus, where do we draw the line? Some tables had tons of great features that were cut for one reason or another. And I'll go on an interesting side note. I had had a conversation with uh, somebody up at Farsight. I'll leave their anonymity be. And uh, I broached this very subject with them too. And one option would be to make it kind of much like uh, the pro table add-ons that mm -hmm. they might, and they're looking into seeing if this is possible, uh, be able to have a prototype add-on, you might say, where again, you pay the money mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you'd have the table with the prototypes uh, put on there. Uh, that way the licensors are getting their wish that the, tables that everybody is buying with the seasons comes the way that the manufacturers wanted but then as an added bonus if people wanted to buy these st this stuff as an add-on then they could maybe do that so they're they're looking into that where whether it goes anywhere or not that's a whole nother issue because obviously they got to get it cleared and stuff but they are thinking on these terms they definitely do like the idea of some of these mods and that it's a shame that they're not being put in place what I was going to say with um, I invited Bobby down to uh, this last tournament, and unfortunately, the our tournament, which is normally on the first Sunday of the month, got bumped to the second Sunday of the month uh, for that uh, particular event, and Bobby wasn't available for that particular event. So I was like really disappointed because I wanted him to to see the, all these tables in prototype <laughs> mode and be like, "Look, you got to do this, and look, you got to do that." <laughs> so, um, so that was kind of a bummer. We'll we'll get Bobby down to one of these events uh, one of these days and uh, introduce him at least to all these other pin geeks in the area because uh, we've got quite a collection of them. But uh, yeah, that, I was really kind of disappointed that he wasn't able to make it because I wanted him to see some of these tables and just be like, come on! Yeah, I, I, I think Bobby's enough of a pinhead that he would even come down to that collection without a tournament running that day. I think he'd, he'd love to see all those tables. I'm quite sure about that. Oh yeah, but then I but I don't have that invite. <laughs> I only get invited to the guy's house once a year, you know, via my pinball league. Um, again, he would never see me again if I was invited to his house whenever I want because I'd just be sitting in his home theater all the time. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's move on to the next question. Speaking of, uh, wait, was I speaking of that? Yes, speaking yeah. of pinball cabinets, where are we on that front? Will it support real DMDs and animated backlashes? Is it going to be a separate purchase for the pin cap version, or will it be like DX11, part of the already purchased game in Steam? Uh, dare you guess a time frame for release? 
Official cabinet support is on indefinite hold for business reasons. Wah, 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 wah. Oh boy, that's gonna. I, I, I know I really feel for some people. <laughs> I, I know at least one forum member who will be all but glad to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's gonna be uh, some people that are very, very angry. Well, there's already people that have been saying for some time that I'm not buying any more tables until they come out with pin cab support and. Well, I guess, folks, you'll be saving your money because <laughs> it doesn't look like it's happening anytime soon, uh, unfortunately for you. But I guess that's part of what happens when you're a niche upon a niche. So I guess we circle back to the gentleman that created the uh, the table angle mod with the that was mentioned earlier and go download that and get that thing running because that's going to be your saving grace for a while, I believe. I wonder if he ruined things for everybody. Nah. Um, <laughs> could you imagine if Farzart was like, yeah, that's good enough. Let him have that. <laughs> Fury. Um, this kind of makes the next question moot, but I'll ask it all the same. At one point, there was a listing in the Pinball Magazine that had Farsight releasing an actual cab to be put on locations for paid play, like a multicade. Still a thing or no? Still a thing that's possible in the future, but on hold, like I said. Yeah, so it's tied directly to the uh, yeah to the cabinet support, obviously. Last time we spoke, Farsight had just made its deal with Sony. How many more tables to come from that? How many other block purchase deals has Farsight been able to make with other studios? You've dealt with Sony, Paramount, and Universal in the past. How about Warner Brothers or Fox? We won't even bother asking about Disney, though. Both Warner and Fox want crazy money for the licenses we need. Uh, the Sony Pictures deal includes five lines licenses, but there are actors we need as well for each of them. Well, if the Warner Brothers deal is a no-go, that means no dirty Harry for us. Damn! <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's interesting, though. Five licenses with Sony Pictures, so people do the math, and I expect to see... Uh, see what the remaining guesses are <laughs> on the forum right quick. Um, back to the interview. Is there a foreseeable end to needing Kickstarters? A way to have the tables be profitable despite the license. For instance, whatever became of having Twilight Zone, Star Trek, and Terminator be standalone apps? Do we need to be concerned for these tables' license expiring and not being available for future purchase? Well, Kickstarter has been beneficial from a user community and marketing angle, as well as allowing expensive tables to acquire all the rights uh, for it to be profitable. Having a Kickstarter campaign once in a while gets our game noticed by the press and fans of that license. But more importantly, the pie gets cut up so much with those licenses that re we really would lose money with all the help of fans on Kickstarter. Uh, we'll be rolling out the standalone apps more slowly than expected. Uh, we're sort of testing the waters right now. Hmm. Mm, yeah, exactly. Hmm. <laughs> so in other words, we'll, we can expect another Kickstarter, and uh, I guess that's the way that's going to be. But is this testing the waters, uh, the 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 Elvira standalone? or? Yeah, I think that's the kind of thing that with the Elvira standalone, um, trying to obviously test that out and make sure it functions properly. Um, see where that goes. Uh, does anyone in the office play the pinball games from Zen or ASK Homework or any other pinball apps? Yes, we do. Uh, there are a few of us who try to play everything that comes out pinball-wise. Very good. Not keeping yourselves in the dark. I like it. Uh, are there any plans to have it be possible within the game to set up user-created tournaments or leagues? Again, I wonder why I'm asking that question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so selfish. Um, you can tell when things like that get thrown in that that didn't come from the forum. That's just me throwing in my own personal questions and trying to work them in like they were part of the forum questions. But anyway. Um, well, you are part some, of the forum. So. I am part of the forum. That's right. I can throw in my stuff if I want to. Uh, something where the host can determine all the parameters, such as number of plays, extra balls, date of the tournament, and then send out invites to who they want to play with it uh, because that would be incredibly useful. Uh, yes, this was in our original design, and we appreciate how useful this feature would be, um, but the complications of setting up the infrastructure have slowed the progress. 
Yeah, I bet it has. I've, after hearing the data pull that they have just to keep the leaderboards running, I don't doubt for an instant that uh, the infrastructure, it, it probably almost needs to be rewritten um, rather than tacked on to what they currently have. So yeah, right. I, I would I would not be surprised if it takes a while. Um, long ago, two things were mentioned as possibilities. One was the pinball constructor kit, and the other was a professional pin designer creating a custom table for Farsight. Have those ships sailed? Jay is a big fan of us getting the construction set out, so that ship is still alive and well. A new original professionally designed pin is something I'd love to do and still see us getting into, but it just doesn't seem to be something we should prioritize highly at the moment with all of the great new real tables coming out by Stern. Hmm. Hmm, I know exactly, right? Mm. I, I hear that and I go, oh, so, so what are you saying here? Uh, you know, a lot of new stern pins there that may, hmm. Yeah. Well, com coming back to the first part of the interview, I think we had a little talk about uh, h how they should uh, release digital uh, versions of new stern pins. So that. Oh, right, last time, exactly, yeah. That quite well. Yeah, it does. Um, okay, this one should be of interest to people. Is there any interest in developing for Oculus Rift? What about a touch version for Windows that could be played on something like the Surface Pro? Yes, on Oculus or virtual reality in general. Surface Pro, not so much, not at the moment. So there you go. All you Windows 8 and soon-to-be Windows 10 people, nope. <laughs> but all you Oculus people are going to be very pleased. Um, and that's, that. you know... It makes sense that they're looking at that, obviously, with uh, Oculus about to make the huge public drop, um, you know, make the splash that they're, they're planning on. I think that's probably in time for the holidays, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that's good news that, that Farsight is looking into that. I don't know. I, I think the, the, the HTC Valve cooperation thingy, Steam VR, is, is also set for release this year. Oh, very mistaken. good. So. Yeah, so that will give a, lot, a huge push to VR. Not to mention that that could then be uh, used with the mobile phones, right? I mean, like the the thing that is it uh, the, Amazon uh, or Google that's you, doing that? You, the, the, uh, you're talking about the Google Cardboard, yeah. Build it, uh, do it yourself thing. I think uh, um, uh, that's. If, uh, but I, I'm not sure if this. You, you need a really good phone for that to to run TPA in, in 60 FPS, huh? Well, yeah, but I'm sure that all the... I mean, come on, if you have an iPhone 6, that's, yeah. you know, that's pretty much going to be good enough or, or whatever the, the current best and brightest of the Androids are. And with those huge screens, um, if they're looking into VR tech, I mean, I think it's it's a pointed note to note that he said yes to Oculus or VR in general. So that means that they're not just looking at Oculus, but this in general, and that would be a great way for the mobile people to, I mean, come on, if you can throw up your phone, get 3D vision, and uh, be able to move your head around and really get, look at the angles. And, and, miss, and miss your train station every morning on the way to work, because <laughs> you have no idea where you are. <laughs> and that's those people's problems. Um, <laughs> so, Bobby, it must feel odd to not have to answer Adam's family questions anymore. So let me ask an Adam's family question. <laughs> when will Taft Gold be available for purchase by the general public? Wouldn't that lessen our appreciation for the TAF backers who helped us the most? So maybe never. Or maybe as a $100 upgrade. Oh, that's a burn. <laughs> that is a burn. Oh, that just hurts so badly. <laughs> but gold is ex expensive. Gold is expensive, yeah. That, that response actually kind of surprises me because I really thought that eventually that they would... Um, kick it out there. I mean, come on, it's, it's extra revenue. Why wouldn't you sell it as an extra add-on? Um, I mean, it's easy money, in my opinion. So, we'll see. Maybe he's just toying with us. want to reveal if, the if, answer. If they plan on doing more Kickstarters, they, they should appreciate and respect the, the backers. So, he's right in that way, too. So Yeah, but the only problem that I have with that is, what if you were coming into the game right now? 
right? You'd never heard of the game where they're always trying to introduce it to new people. You're a new person. You come into it. You're like, hey, there's Taff. Hey, that's awesome. Hey, I remember there being a gold version. And it's like, screw you. You can't buy it. Too bad. But didn't you hear about our Kickstarter? No, I didn't hear about the Kickstarter. I just saw the game for the first time you know, recently. So how, that's my thing. How much would you have have to would you have have to have back that that can't be correct English, but you know what I mean uh, um, to to get the the gold version. I'm just saying I don't. I think that you should sell it as another table, same price as a regular table, five bucks. Right. I, I think you could, could could really piss off your your hardcore audience, and well. Yeah, but also I don't think that your hardcore audience should be so elitist either. I don't think that, you know, because I see that already where they're like, oh, well, that's, you know, too bad for you that you couldn't spend 400 bucks on a Kickstarter. You know what? That's kind of that's that's kind of hosed. Um, it's one thing if you're getting a physical something sent to you, but this is a digital file. This this to me falls into the category of, uh, oh, I'm sorry, you didn't buy your pre-order from GameStop. You only bought your pre-order from Best Buy. Well, Best Buy had this little digital doodad that you got from buying from uh, them. You uh. should have bought it from GameStop. Oh, well, you should have bought it also from you should have bought it from Best Buy, from GameStop. You should have also bought it from Walmart, and you should have bought it from Amazon. And then you would have had all four of these. You know, it's you're asking people to pluck, you know, take a bite out of the apple over and over and over again. And yeah, yeah. I think that's that's where it kind of rubs me the wrong way. I don't but, mind exclusivity, timed exclusivity. You know, that's perfectly fine, so long as eventually you're able to buy the content. Because the thing that really ticks me off is when you have DLC that is on the disc. You know, it's yeah, there on the disc, but you're not yeah. able to access it. You know, that's even purchasing. Totally not DLC, it's just screwing your customers. Or exactly. So in this case, yeah. I I've I've we're almost coming up upon a year of Adam's family having been out. I think that's plenty mm -hmm. of yeah, I know, go figure, right? No way. <laughs> it was it was uh wasn't it out by Christmas? Okay, okay, that's that's a few more months to go. You, you, okay, you, but you no, I'm saying almost. We're we're over halfway. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm I'm almost 60 by that count. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like it, but my nah. point being is, I think that if they had exclusivity of the gold for a year, I mean, honestly, how many of those backers were there? But, right? But, uh, maybe we can agree on a compromise. M make it timed exclusive for maybe at least a year, or exactly yeah, a year. If, that's if what I'm saying. Do it by, by, by Christmas, and then make it so, uh, price it somewhere between a regular table and what you would have back to get it. So. I don't know if if you no, but you have... had to back. You had to back four hundred dollars in order to get it. Really? Was it four hundred or was it a hundred? Uh, okay, if it was four hundred, then you yeah. I, I was thinking about making it maybe twice as, as expensive as a regular table. Not not, not like one hundred dollars. That, that's a little. That's bit ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's 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 ridiculous. And I, what I'm saying is, it's practically free money for them. You know what I mean? They already made it. They've already got the backers but, to do but, their backing thing. Uh, on the other hand, is it is it has it a different ROM? Is it is it different rule wise in in any way? Yes, it it, it is a different ROM. The there are uh, a few different point scoring issues. Ah, okay, okay, so yeah, okay, so 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 it's it's kind of like a different version of the game. If it yes. was just some cosmetic stuff. No, it's not just. I, 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 I would, I would even be okay if they, if they left it exclusive to the backers, but if it's, if it's an, uh, some kind of other new experience, everyone should be allowed and able to get it. I yeah, yeah. Well, there, you, there you go. Yeah, if you want to leave, if you want to leave all the gold trim to the exclusive backers, fine. Let me have access to the ROM though. I want to be yeah. able to play it that different way, um, because, like I said, at the most, how many people got that? A dozen I mean, or something? I, would think even I don't less. know. I think even less. I don't think a thousand people paid a hundred bucks. A dozen. A dozen. Oh, a dozen. Not, not, not a thousand. Right. Yeah, I, I would say, I, I think the high end of it would be maybe 30 max. Mm. Right? So, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I, <laughs> we're just putting that out there, Bobby. Um, you know, free money. <laughs> let, let, let's just agree to agree. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, okay, moving on. Uh, speaking of requests in the Adams family, now that art can be festered, 
trademarking <laughs> that term. Thank you very much. Um, does that open up the possibilities on other tables? terms of giving us options for licensed tables. We appreciated that there was very little backlash on uh, in festering faster. <laughs> Funny, we were just talking about de-licensing fast break. Uh, the entire voiceover would have to be fested as well. I'm going to touch upon that after we finish this final question from Bobby. So here comes the final question from Bobby, or for Bobby. Has there been any consideration of getting any of the new pinball other than Stern into the game, like Jersey Jack, Spooky, Highway, Dutch Pinball. Yes, all of those companies' tables have been considered, some more than others. And with that, we want to say thank you very much, Bobby, for answering our questions. I know some of these were a little more pointed than usual, but uh, appreciate the honesty of uh, diving in and uh, wading through our waters. That was really, really awesome, and I think we opened up some some new ideas for all of our forum people, which was awesome. Now, let me get back to you with Bonzo with, uh, in regards to NBA Fast Break. So there was the uh, replay effects uh, event in Pennsylvania just uh, about a month ago, maybe a little bit less. And Norman and a couple of the other guys went to uh, that event. Norman, the sound guy, and also the main purchaser of all the pinball tables. Norman fell in love with NBA Fast Break, which fills me with delight. <laughs> because Norman also recognizes how incredibly difficult it will be to get that table into the game. But uh, I was having a conversation with him, and he was talking about how he was just like, I'm going to try and figure out a way for us. To, I'm not going to... He goes, I loved the table, which means I'm going to harp about that table. <laughs> which, obviously, then, based off of this response that Bobby uh, gave, which was them talking about delicensing Fast Break, I'm like, come on, come on, come on. So, <laughs> Because, honestly, if you do look at it, the backlash is... I mean, all you have to do is put people in different uniform colors and slightly alter their face. You'll never know who any of the players are. Because that era of basketball, they weren't exactly um, Magic Johnson or Kobe Bryant. Um, Lakers, both of them. Why did I come up with that? Oh, yeah, because I live in Los Angeles. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I well, did. Well, well, uh, let, let me just ask you, why don't you speak of any of their new stars? Oh, ouch. Um, because our team sucks. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. They'll they do great next season. I have great hopes for them. I have great hopes. Um <laughs> <laughs> they, they get great drafting rights maybe. yes I don't want them to get any great drafting rights anymore <laughs> because I know here we go into talk that but, the pin but, geeks probably don't care about but, but if they if they get the great drafting right this season that means they really 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 were even worse than they were last season <laughs> and that's no fun and if they do better than their pick goes to Philadelphia anyway, so I just want them to like make a respectable showing this year and give Kobe his um, his farewell tour that he deserves that uh, isn't an embarrassment. Um, and uh, and then then we'll look at the, the new guys and see where they go. I mean, I think they got a nice young core that but, but has at, potential. At least next season I can join you in, in lamenting everything NBA related with my Blazers just exploding <laughs> this summer. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> I love them for so many great players, of which are a half of them is left. Oh, um, man. maybe. Yeah. Guess okay. I'll be a and I'll yes. just bite you. Yes. So anyway, back to the back to the uh, NBA fast break talk. So um, I, I I specifically brought up the point about the. Um, you know, the announcer is just a was a Bali voice artist, but the mere fact that they mention actual players' names mm -hmm. that would have to be taken out too. Which really was like, oh, that just that that does kind of kill a lot if you're not getting to player teams. So I came up with this idea though. So Zen did their uh, well soccer to me, football to you table, yeah. <laughs> uh, their football league. And they had their own Zen team. That was like you know, you could you could pick which teams you wanted to buy, you know, the table uh, to be decorated as. And the generic one was 
the Zen. And basically, their players were all their their coders and stuff. And so I got to thinking. I was like, well, so Farsight just has to code their own basketball teams. <laughs> and I'm proposing that there is a basketball team called the Blockade, <laughs> <laughs> for which we would have players such as Jared and Bonzo and Shut Your Trap and Shondon Carlos and and Heretic and who else do we have to uh, Delta Echo and Time Lord and my for uh, Neglectoid. I think that was all the guys that used to uh, to broadcast with us and we haven't heard from in ages. But anyway, I say we have Team Blockade. And that would be fantastic. And maybe they could come up with some other original, you know, put in, you know, the Stern team, put in the Jersey Jack team. I don't know. I think that would be really kind of, if you're going to have to mess with the generic names, why not put in some names then that people can get somewhat attached to um, that feel like they have had a connection with them in some forum or other. I think that although coming up with, I think at the time it was 28 teams, maybe, 30, I know it wasn't 32 teams when that table was out. Um, so that's a lot of teams and a lot of roster to come up with. But <laughs> I, th- I think uh, th- that's the table have all the teams in it? That table had all the teams in it. Wow. Yeah. Well, well that. Yeah. No, it was, it, it was rather huge. Um, so I think if they do NBA fast break, there's going to be a lot of work if they wind up having to fester it. Um, but who knows? Maybe maybe Norman will harp so much that they'll get back into looking at the players' association and trying to work something out. Who knows? It'd be awesome. Yeah, team up with the players' association and the NBA itself and and modernize the table. But I think that would be even more ridiculous than trying to get all the, uh, the well, old yeah. Because then you, rights. I mean, again, you'd have to uh, read dot matrix all the. Um, yeah, player yeah. faces. Plus, you'd have to re-record all the audio. I mean, yeah. the easiest thing would obviously be to to do and that. Then, I don't know, but you know what? That would be I. I God, that would be so awesome because that was one of those tables where I thought, obviously pre Madden, um, but yeah, you could have a new roster on that thing every single season. Wouldn't how much fun would that be for the sports geeks that are out there that are also pinball geeks that every season you get a new pinball table, you know, in terms of who your players are and who the, the call outs are. I mean, it doesn't really matter one iota against your stats, but you know, and I did, I, I mentioned to Norman also about the, the head to head aspect of NBA fast break. And that really got him excited too, um, in terms of the potential. So I was like, yay, one of my tables is being championed. However, roller games, um, as easy as it would be to fester those images out, Norman made the comment about, I said, oh, but it's got this fantastic music in it. And he goes, so long as it's not like the Black Knight 2000 music. And I went, oh, <laughs> 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 it's kind of similar. <laughs> He's like, oh, that music drove me nuts. I hate it. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> well, I, I have to admit, as much as I love playing Black Knight 2000 in real life, it, yeah. if you're just looping on the upper play fields, for about three hours, at least it feels like the music does start to get a little stale. Uh, yeah, it does. Uh, I can see that too. Um, Although it, it, it's it's fun playing the bassline on the bass, though. <laughs> I will mention also with the uh, with the replay effects event, uh, one of our own from the forum, uh, Pinball Wiz Forty Five B. He went to that event, went to the far side booth. And if you look in your newsletter, he's been made a star. As he's, yeah, as he, you can now look at his face and stalk him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now that you know what he looks like, um, <laughs> I, I was just teasing him about that this morning. I'm like, watch out for watch out for the paparazzi. He's like, well, they don't know where I live. I'm like, they can they can find out. Um, <laughs> ah, joy of joys. Hey, uh, we're gonna take a momentary break. Uh, for a quick word from our sponsor and then be right back. WizardAmusement.com, the West Coast leader in classic pinball. Makers of custom pinball shooter rods to buyer specifications. Swap out your standard ball plunger with something themed to your specific table. Installs in less than five minutes with no custom tools. Even if you don't own a table, looks great as a pinball memento to admire. Prices start at $39, but mention Blockade Podcast and receive 10% off your order. WizardAmusement.com Sales, restoration, customization. 
And we're back. Like I said, that was momentary. And we're practically done with our uh, our podcast anyway. But hey, we gotta we gotta keep our sponsor happy. And then I will throw out there, hey, if any of you uh, happen to need, you know, want to be sponsors of the show, just saying, um, please contact us at uh, blah blah blockade at gmail.com. And uh, I've, I've got a beard. I think Adidas should throw two hundred million dollars. Yeah, yeah, I, definitely. I've got a beard, so <laughs> our rates are really, really reasonable. I mean, right now, our uh, you know, well, I won't talk about money or anything. Um, <laughs> right now, we're just interested in gifts for to give away, <laughs> which is, which is where Wizard Amusement comes in. Um, I, I promise, I always wear Adidas sneakers while recording. So. <laughs> Win-win, totally, isn't it? You know what? And I just bought a pair of those uh, the other day at uh, at Costco. Uh, my first pair <laughs> ever, I do believe. Um, and they're they're kind of comfy, you know. And uh, I just started using the shaveclub.com. So uh, shave club, <laughs> uh, there you go. I can use some free blades. Uh, <laughs> who else can we name drop and see if somebody somebody mentioned what? that uh, in the forum? They were like, they were like. Wait, wait, you guys, you guys don't actually get, you know, free copies of Pinball Arcade. Me and Jared are like, no. <laughs> so like, would you talk about it all the time? We're like, yeah. And they're like, well, I know other podcasts where you know they'll name drop some beer and all of a sudden they'll get cases sent to them. We're like, yeah, that would be that would be a thing, but it's not the thing that's been happening to us. So <laughs> we should start ran- randomly mentioning beer. Uh... Random things and, that we want, and, and yeah. So, so let me start with um, <laughs> um. Why not Heineken? <laughs> Do you enjoy a good Heineken? <laughs> it's it's my go-to uh, holiday beer. Whenever I'm on holiday, at least you can be sure that there's some Heineken somewhere. <laughs> Heineken endorsed by Bonzo. <laughs> 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 oh, if only that would work. It'd be like rubbing a genie bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe let's try Ferrari. <laughs> I was gonna say, is, is is there any kind of thing, uh, uh, you know, payola in terms of uh, podcasts? I mean, I know there is in terms of uh, broadcast radio, but uh, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't mind that new Apple iPhone that's coming out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jared talks enough about Android. I think we need to get a little more Apple talk in here. Um, <laughs> we're such whores. Um, you know, and uh, just because I need to extend this out a little longer, why not, right? Because uh, I haven't bored anybody with movie talk, and I'm not going to today. Um, Bonzo, were you ever familiar with a comic strip by the name of uh, Bloom County? Uh, featured the uh, Penguin Opus. No. Opus the Penguin? No. It was a comic strip from you know in the daily newspapers uh, in the 80s. And it was... You, you familiar with Calvin and Hobbes? Not really familiar, but I know ah, that. Ah, you silly Germans. Uh, so at the time, Farsight... Or Farsight. The Farside. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Larson's The Farside. Bill Watterson's um, Calvin and Hobbes. And then Berkeley Brothers, uh, Bloom County. Those were your top three comic strips, daily comic strips. And all I, I three of them. Is, is it about the same time as Garfield? Because Garfield made it over the pond quite big. Yes, but... Garfield was in the same time, but was no. I mean, like Garfield was not considered smart ever. <laughs> that was always... okay. I agreed on that. Right. These were more, uh, you know, true artists at work. And mm-hmm. all three of them basically retired at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Waterston uh, with Calvin and Hobbes retired pretty much because he was like, eh, I've had enough. And he didn't want any of his stuff uh, commercialized. Gary Larson, who had no problem, uh, you know, licensing out Farside stuff. Uh, the time had just come for him to retire. And Berkeley Breath was very, very frustrated with. Uh, newspaper distribution and mm-hmm. being edited and censored and mm-hmm. having his artwork uh, tampered with that he pulled out too. So you had these three titans of the comic strip world in you know, the daily newspaper vanish, disappear, and left a gaping hole. Mm-hmm. 
Well, Berkeley Breath has started writing Bloom County again, and he's been publishing it on Facebook. And it's the weirdest thing because it's as if he never left. <laughs> it's, it's so, I mean, like the artwork is the same and his jokes are the same. And the weird thing about his jokes, they were always kind of politically slanted. Um, back in the eighties, he had this character called Bill the cat, who's basically this cat that had been, a you know, gone through medical science experiments. And so very, mm -hmm. you know, was pretty much didn't have a brain anymore. And Bill the cat ran for president. And at the time he was running against, if I'm not mistaken, Donald Trump. And who do we have <laughs> running for president now? Donald Trump. And who do you think is now being a supporter of him? Bill the cat. So anyway, it's one of those things where it's like this total time warp. And, oh, and, and on top of that, you know, they talked about Clinton back then and, you know, Clinton is back in, but now it's with his wife. So, Anyway, it's back and fresh, and I was a huge, 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 huge fan of Bloom County. So I just want to uh, point everybody in that direction on Facebook. There is something good on Facebook to look at. Just look at uh, search for Bloom County or Berkeley Breath, and you'll see his daily comic strips. And they're quite hilarious, not just in terms of his writing, but in terms of his drawing, too. I always found sometimes I would laugh before I ever read, read a single frame. Just the way he draws is pretty awesome. So I encourage everybody to go look that up and recapture some of the 80s, just like you've been trying to do playing pinball. <laughs> See how I tied that in? Nice. <laughs> well, I got to say, Bonzo, this has been a pleasure. Um, didn't miss Jared at all. Ah. Oh. <laughs> He's going to pull that one on me one time when I go, I'm sorry, I'm too busy to work. <laughs> I miss him. I do too. I, I miss him. I miss all the guys. I miss Jeffrey. Jeffrey yeah. has uh, recently moved, by the way. He's moved to Northern California because his wife uh, got a job. She had come down to Southern California to um, study. Uh, I'm not sure what branch of medicine it was, but anyway, the place she needed to go was here in Southern California. She recently graduated and now has her first postgraduate job. So, oi to go, Jeffrey and his wife, Annie. Um, fantastic. So, they're moving up to Northern California, uh, somewhat near the Bay Area. So, he might be able to get his hands on the Pacific uh, Pinball Museum or uh, Free Gold Watch, which Jared visited. So, it'll be interesting to see if uh, he can uh, rekindle some of that pinball love. I think all the EMs at the Pacific Pinball Museum will be like uh, the the home theater and uh, um, all the prototypes for you. So maybe he'll just that's right because he loves EMs. Move in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, my friend. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for uh, partaking in this with myself. So for Bonzo, I'm shut your trap. We will see you all next time in the blockade. Aloha. Remember to leave a review on iTunes or any podcasting channel Blockade is distributed through. We can't improve unless you tell us how. Until next time, remember... Hey, it's only pinball!